1: I'm really delighted that we have an opportunity to talk about um, the music therapy, sound therapy, a really mindful music therapy with an expert, um, Jochi Ress, who's a clinical and organizational psychologist. He's also a master facilitator um, and a professional musician. So Jochi, welcome. As you know, As it was a pleasure last time, so it is a pleasure this time as well.
0: Thank you so much. It's so great to be back. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: I have to start off with this before we go into more detail about mindful music therapy. You know, you just heard, I don't know if you did, but High FM, every time a siren goes off in Israel, we're mm. playing the siren mm. on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you just, you just hear that sound and you, you, if you're sensitive to it and if you're mindful and in the moment you get to experience like a shift in your body. Um, certainly mm. for me, mm. a fear rising. I feel my heart rate increasing. Um, and it's interesting because I don't know if it's the actual sound and you being the sound expert would maybe know if it's the kind of sound that's coming up that would get me to want to run or be in action or if it's all the memories associated with that sound. What do you have to say about that, Jochi?
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Um, I, I agree with you and I think it's a very impactful way of bringing people's awareness to what is happening, and just to be sensitized and and connect to the experience of uh, you know what uh, what people are going through um, in this really difficult situation. And I think that uh, sound is very powerful, as you say, it takes us into a very deep space. And um, you know, I, I think that what you're describing is really a trigger in terms of very much the association. Uh, a siren always, you know, um, embodies really as a sound, uh, a a signal of alarm, of danger, Mm. of risk, of vulnerability. And, um, you know, it's really obviously in terms of the context of what's happening now, but not only that, every person's own uh, filter and, you know, the meaning that that kind of sound has for them based on their experiences with any previous traumas you know, whether it's medical or other, um, will also probably be involved uh, in that experience. So it's a nice illustration of just how powerful sound is and how it can bring up and does bring up all sorts of emotional um, aspects within ourselves that we usually uh, or often don't have access to.
1: I would also say that, you know, to be listening to the radio and to hear the siren, as you say, we become sensitized. We are aware of what people are going through in this moment while you and I are just, you know, having a chat. But I suppose we have to also be responsible in terms of ourselves and not go through the day in a kind of fight or flight state. Um Mm. because we are Mm. sensitizing, because we are connecting. But uh, I don't know. Um how do how does how does one play that out, Joachi? I know that I was with my son yesterday. Yesterday and every you know, however long his phone would, uh, mm. a, a, an alarm would go off, and I'd say, "Well, what is that?" And you would say, "Oh no, that's that's uh, uh, another rocket going into Israel." And yeah. um, so, so what do you say about that? Because it is a really a heightened state of stress when you when you seem to be going through that, that throughout the
0: day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a question really of you know um, how. I think every person in some ways will be affected somewhat differently and will have differing levels of ability to manage being in, you know, that space more frequently. So, you know, if Mm. you are being exposed to sirens throughout the day, it can have a very, you know, disruptive impact and create a lot of tension and anxiety. And on the one hand, that's a very important and positive thing in terms of raising our awareness and realizing that, you know, d- during the whole bustle, hustle and bustle of our day, there's so much else going on. Um, on the other hand, it's also important to just pay attention to how we experience that and what impact that has and also to take care of ourselves. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there's a balance, I think, in terms of also being sensitive, but also, compassionate to ourselves and and not creating unnecessary levels of um of anxiety that's not going to be helpful so i think that mm. i don't know if there's a blanket rule for that but i think it's important for everyone to just consider
1: and i yeah. think it's a
0: a valuable thing to to engage with
1: I suppose it's uh, the same applies to what we're experiencing with COVID. You know, the idea that there's yeah. this virus, we're affected. Sometimes we're not directly affected and living with that, having empathy, uh, being compassionate Absolutely. and being able to get on with life, right?
0: One of the angles that I wanted to come into this discussion, because there's many angles that one can. And I was thinking just to make it relevant um, in terms of this COVID time and in some ways in terms of what's happening also. Uh, in the Middle East region. And, um, you know, it really talks to vulnerability for me and the space that we are all in collectively as a planet. Yeah. Um, I think never before have we had such a shared experience of, of vulnerability. You know, we've always been vulnerable. Uh, if you watch Brene Brown's TED Talk, or any of her other amazing materials out there, um, you know, it's just that I think it's so up for us now and we're so aware of it in a lot more of a visceral, tangible way. And, uh, there's a great, there's a great quote that I came across from a, a Canadian playwright, Buna Muhammad, who says, sometimes we find ourselves in chaos and sometimes in chaos we find ourselves. Hmm. And I just think that that's a very profound, you know, truth to grapple with because as hard as this time is, it also is a possibility for us to turn inwards and to really be more mindful and slow down and uh, be more present on various levels. So that's something I think, you know, it's important to discuss potentially.
1: Yeah, I think mindfulness is – um, you know, where perhaps some people heard about mindfulness, certainly heard you talk about mindfulness the last time you were on the show. Um, and it was something mm. other people did. I think now, as you're saying, in order to navigate what we're going through, yeah. we have to be mindful. Mindful just being aware, right? Aware of what's Absolutely. going on in the external world and certainly in our own minds and in our own bodies.
0: Right. And I, and I think it's important to create, you know, a certain sense of uh in space and time, you know, so many of us are so dislocated on various levels and we're working remotely as well often. And that's very hard and disruptive, but the importance of ritual, really ritual is such a it's such a profound tool that we can use. And I'm not talking from a religious uh, perspective now. I'm just talking, you know, a ritual is any action that we do with intention to create context and create meaning for ourselves in a personal, authentic way. So I think the importance of, finding ways to create a certain space and time in terms of a certain you know flow of um, of rhythm and uh, routine when we don't have routine on the outside is especially important now. And I think that's one of the ways that music and sound can play such a vital role to help us uh, create that. There's many other ways too, you know, um, spending time in nature, art, uh, poetry, breathing, journaling, exercise, using our senses um to ground and and to you know in a ritual way but I think music and sound in particular has very uh, unique uh, abilities and benefits mm, in that regard.
1: Absolutely. So so wonderful. Let's explore these these benefits. Mm. Um, so let's start off with is music therapy and sound therapy the same?
0: You know my my involvement over the last about decade or so now has really the focus has been more on the sound space. You know music therapy mm. as a whole uh, discipline, and I, I haven't gone too much into that uh, because in the mindfulness work and facilitation work that I do, I'm not really playing songs with with my clients, whether that's an individual or even a group in, in the corporate s- space. Uh, I'm working with sound um, and using the uniqueness of sound um, to bypass the rational, you know, monkey mind where we're so trapped in the attic of our being and limited there, therefore, um, and sound is so unique to be able to instantly take us out of the, you know, the clutches of, of the mind noise and distractions, um, and really connect us with our emotional and body realms. And this is such an important thing to bear in mind that as human beings, we really have three main, uh, centers, uh, of intelligence really, or centers uh, of energy. Um, and this you find in, in almost all spiritual traditions, including Kabbalah, and the Hasidic sort of perspective. Um, it's really, you know, uh, um, uh, mind, heart, and body, uh, or mind, spirit, and body, as you often uh, hear it referred to, um, the intellectual, but then there's also the emotional, and that's you know the importance of EQ, and we know very, very well that that's so critical, and the body space, and that's becoming more and more uh, uh, relevant in the studies in terms of how you know the, the emotional and body spheres are interconnected because you feel um, something in your body often. And so that's, I think, where for me, sound is so valuable because it can instantly take people out of that headspace. Whereas if you do a normal mindfulness exercise, you know, cognitive based, you know, visualizing, it can certainly work and be very valuable, but people's heads are so cluttered and distracted that it can be hard to get them into that receptive space. It can take some time. Whereas with sound, it's almost instantaneous and that's quite incredible.
1: I have Yochi Ress on the line. He's a clinical and organizational psychologist. He's a master facilitator and a professional musician. Um, and um, Jochi works a lot with mindfulness and mindful music therapy. Well, that's what I've got here, but sound therapy, really. And I asked you just before the break, Jochi, about the difference between music and sound therapy. And you said that there was a difference, you know, but but in terms of the outcome of it, we, we're not sure. But I, I do want to mention music therapy. I just came across some... Um, a bit of research, which I found quite fascinating. Um, They found that music therapy has shown to be more effective than prescription drugs in reducing anxiety levels before surgery. So people use music to calm themselves down before going into surgery. And a 2017 study published that a 30 minute music therapy session combined with traditional care after spinal surgery reduced pain so this is this is music therapy Jochi, and i know that mm. we're not going mm. into the the medical realm um but but this there's a lot of healing there's a lot of yeah. healing perhaps you just want to speak to the healing qualities <laughs> of music and sound
0: Absolutely so there 's certainly an overlap you know we still when you 're dealing with music you 're dealing with sound um, and uh, it doesn 't surprise me those studies and uh, i 'm glad you brought that up. I really think that you know in many ways you 're talking about a comparison with prescriptive medication. it highlights in some ways the difference between the Western traditional um, paradigm of healing and other Um, alternative and even, you know, more ancient forms of healing. And, uh, you know, if you understand Western medicine in some ways as being an outgrowth of the whole scientific paradigm, um, it's often a a case of, you know, research and manipulating someone's trying to kind of come from the outside in. And so a lot of the healing you find is kind of really, um, trying to take away pain. It's, it's, it's painkillers, you know, surgery, um, painkillers on a physical level and even on an emotional level. Whereas other healing approaches really work from the very opposite uh, direction and it's an inside out process and it's really also connecting people to their innate capacity of healing um, and really you know this is something to consider because depression is really a worldwide pandemic as well as anxiety and they often overlap as well as addiction which is often a manifestation of underlying depression and anxiety um, and you know this again starts to go into that internal space within you know so music and sound is a way to connect within ourselves in an experience of greater wholeness, um, and you know, there's a there's a lot of research now on the trauma side of things. Very fascinating that uh, a lot of what happens in trauma is really on a body level, and the traditional approaches even from you know psychology and psychotherapy are not enough to get to those deeper levels and when you talk trauma you're also talking fundamentally on an anxiety level as well trauma is an anxiety condition and um, there's a lot of research and fascinating books to if anyone's interested are are two great books by um, the one is by Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps the Score and the other one is called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine um, and there's a lot of cutting edge research around how important the body is in all of this. And there's a great statement that I like to, um, to, uh, use. I, I've never found the source. I've heard it, um, but it really resonates for me. And it goes like this. The body reveals what the heart feels, but what the mind conceals. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. The,
1: say that, that again. The body,
0: the, the body reveals what the heart feels, but what the mind conceals, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of mindfulness is around um, starting to be present to the more subtle uh, nuances of information that are coming from within ourselves, from within the body. The body is often the first portal call to tell you what's happening on an emotional level, which is often being triggered by unchecked, um, you know, habitual thought patterns that are irrational because when you're in an anxiety uh, state, you're in a fight-flight response which is designed to stop your mind from thinking because in a real life, you know, uh, survival scenario, you can't think you, you won't survive. So, um, it's so important to understand the value of connecting more deeply within ourselves in the, in the context of healing and there's, a, of course, a lot of research now how the gut is actually our second brain, it's called. The fancy term is the enteric nervous system there is so much happening on that kind of, you know, gut body nexus. And that's why there's a recognition now that there's such a value in exploring um the body-based meditation uh uh technologies like dance and movement therapies and yoga and tai chi and sound comes into that. Often those expressive movement therapies and similar sort of methods are done with music as well anyway, because they're so are intertwined and go together music so supports connecting on a deep way with, in, within ourselves and and from a body intelligence and wisdom perspective so you know really to appreciate how there's a there's a context to uh, a fundamental element of healing and more and more of this is coming out in the scientific research around some of these more ancient uh, techniques um, but of really this aspect of wholeness And that's something that I think, uh, you know, um, conscious listening is so important because conscious listening and training ourselves to listen in a conscious way is really a way that we can become more whole within ourselves and create a state of inner peace, even if there isn't so much peace, uh, you know, in our surrounding environment. And it's an interesting thing because I think, you know, if you take the Hebrew word for peace, shalom, the root is shalem, which means full complete Mm -hmm. and so the Mm -hmm. very deep profound lesson embedded in that is that true peace is not achieved from squashing or subjugating a different voice true peace is really a celebration and realization of different different voices all being able to coexist together and enriching each other Mm -hmm. and that's something for me which again i think in terms of the current context and what's happening is so important for i think if we can learn to reach deeper levels of peace within ourselves that will naturally ripple out and translate into the world around us where we can learn to coexist with others more easily. If we can coexist with the different parts of ourselves more easily.
1: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I love what you just said, but, but our minds get in the way. Um, yeah. so the yeah. thinking mind, you spoke about the monkey mind and you yep. said that the music, the sound, I beg your pardon, the sound, um, kind of transcends that or doesn't transcend that. Bypasses. It, gets you more into, yeah. it bypasses it. Okay. Mm. So it bypasses mm. it. Mm. So when we're talking about the sound and the last time you came in, you bought in the Tibetan bowls and, and mm. afterwards you sat with me and it was such an overwhelmingly powerful experience. I remember mm. it so clearly. I'm mm. so just two minutes right? Yeah, it was two minutes, and I, I, it was. I just felt this vibration moving through my body, yeah. Um, yeah. and I was left feeling both energized and calm at the same time. If that's possible. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so so the question is, Yohi, people who are listening right now, because there's a, I mean, you've said the most incredible things, but we want to give them a route, right? We want to say, yeah. let's just take a step. Are we talking about people having to go out and buy Tibetan bowls and do things, or can they create certain sounds within themselves, you know, using our own yeah. internal instruments? Yeah. Like we're having such an interesting discussion with Yohi Ress, a clinical and organizational psychologist, a master facilitator, and a professional musician who uses mindful sound therapy. Um, and this is what we've been talking about. And uh, just as a last question, Yogi, before the break, I said, what can we advise people to use their own internal instruments to work with mm. sound, with healing?
0: Okay. So there's a number of things that, uh, that, uh, one can explore. Uh, and I really would encourage, you know, just, um, in a general way for people to explore now, the key thing here is to find ways that will work for you to help connect you with, you know, internally on a more deeper level in a way that's more healing. So there's a number of things that you can use. First of all, within literally your own being without having to use absolutely any external, uh, tool, um, is really your own voice. Um, and, There's various ways that you can do that too. You Humming, just humming, um, humming and creating any sound in a conscious way. So if you're in a quiet space, even better if you're in a dark space, if you use um, the smell sense as well, smell is a very powerful sense to combine with uh, the auditory channel. The two go incredibly, we don't have time to talk about why, but um, very, very helpful as well. So literally just sitting in a quiet internal uh, focus space And exploring the sound of your voice When you hum, you send vibrations Throughout your whole body We never slow down enough to actually Tune into how that can be And Mm. one of the most uh, famous sound therapy um, You know, uh, gurus If I could use that term in the world He's done a lot of research, Is called Jonathan Goldman Uh, You can look him up And uh, he has a lot about this About using just our voice And So you can use your voice as well So any sound that you produce in a conscious way And playing and exploring with how that can connect you to your emotional and body uh, spheres is very, very powerful when you do it in a conscious way. But humming in particular has this ability to be very calming and grounding and sending a kind of vibration, as your voice can as well, throughout your whole body. So that's something that I would certainly encourage people to try play with and experiment with, using your breath as well. Of course, we know that breath is such a huge tool in any mindful practice. So using your breath and being conscious of your breath together with your voice um, and sound and they interconnected is extremely powerful of course if you want to experience some of the vibration sounds and how powerful that can be you can have there's tons of tracks online there's albums on you know music stores that you can look at just sound healing and meditation music there's lots of tibetan singing bowl tracks you know ranging from 20 minutes to hour or two at a time so you know the world's your oyster there's a lot of things that you can without actually buying an actual bowl but certainly when you do have the actual bowls even just one or Two, it's another whole level because they're just extremely powerful, as you know and have mm-hmm. experienced. Um, so, yeah, I hope that helps with giving just some suggestions and some guidelines.
1: Oh, it um, does, Jochi. And and if people want to get hold of you, how do they get hold of you?
0: So, um, I'm happy to give my number. It's zero eight three five zero double seven nine eight two. Um And my email is Yochi Y-O-C-H-I, at attunedu.com. So that's A-T-T-U-N-E-D, the letter U, dot com. Um, my website is www.attunedu.com. So that's another channel. Um Yeah, it should help. Oh, beautiful.
1: Ah, oh, Yochi, great having you on the show. Thank you so, so much. So great to so be here again. Thank you so much oh, for the
0: opportunity.